Welcome back to the main stage of the How's Your Head Child podcast. Racers, podcasters, and our faithful listeners, start your engines and may the best all-star win. <laughs> Woohoo! Let's have a kiki. Party. How is everyone's head? Halo, how's your head tonight? Uh, my head is given, get the Glock, get the strap. Let me stop. <laughs> my head is given, it's given, put em. But um, I hear it when I go. It's giving rum, papa, bum, rum, papa, bum, rum, papa. Me say one man down. However, the song go. Behind, that's some behind the scenes, y'all don't know, uh, listeners. But yeah. <laughs> oh, well, how's your head? My head is giving. In a minute, I'm gonna need a sentimental. <laughs> To pump me up. <laughs> it's about damn time. <laughs> my what head is you? My head is giving. We gonna have a talk, ladies. We gonna have to talk, ladies. Cause right. we got a lot of things to discuss this episode. Ooh, it's a yeah, lot of information. Where are we doing this? Are we doing it right here? Are we doing it right there? Did y'all catch that? <laughs> when he broke the fourth wall. <laughs> Come on, where are we gonna be? Right here. Oh, right here. Mama is here to straighten out. Before we get into this episode, we're going to we're just gonna take a little deep, a little dive into the Kahana and Heidi episode. So let me kick this off. So Kahana and Heidi was arguing through text about their feelings about the Snatch Game situation and Heidi's subtweets because Heidi been subtweeting before the season even aired. Low key, if you follow Heidi, you know you get you gotta pay attention. So Kahana threatens her in those text messages and says she's not the one. So then Kahana makes a post about being a devil and hashtag I'm coming for you. And Heidi comments on the tweet and says, liking this tweet from Norway. And then they have some back and forth messages. Kahana calls Heidi's breath stank <laughs> and says she got bad credit. And then Heidi says that uh, Kahana has a crimson chin, a, a drooping booty, and that the, uh, the S word the, that she took in the parking lot has more press than Kahana. So Hannah, Kahana got pissed. Kahana was like, I'll see you in, sis, I'll see you in Chicago. Piss me off some more. I, I will you whoop your ass. If you're not from Chicago, I don't got to hit your ass and probably get voted off, bitch. Hit me. Heidi was like, don't call me. Right. I'm from Chicago. So Heidi was like, don't call me, sis, blah, blah, blah. You showed your true colors, whatever. So then Heidi says Kahana um, was threatened, threat, had, had threatened her twice, and then posted the, uh, the text message screenshots. Which I'm not going to read right now because it's too, it's too much. So then a video surfaces of Kahana live saying that Heidi is playing a victim. She's been acting like a diva since the moment she came in the workroom. She is mad that production was not favoring her. Um, and her being a fan favorite does not mean anything. And that she's been lying in, a entire, in the entire cast knows the truth. And Kahana says she's worked too hard for someone to try to d- diminish their light. When no one was checking for her or paying her any mind, and then you know she was like, "I'm coming for you." It's on site in on, on, in the video, which I thought was funny. So then days later, um, Kahana backtracks and says, "You know, oh, uh, people reminded me I'm above it all." But both Heidi and Kahana had like similar messages. So, <laughs> and ever since then, they haven't said anything yet. What are y'all thoughts on all this Heidi and Kahana drama? I'm definitely on Kahana's side. I believe her when she said that Heidi thought she was going to get like special treatment and she didn't get that. 
and right. it shows by her actions. Right, because I had said if Heidi was winning all the episodes and being favored, quote unquote, like Jimbo, none of this would ever happen, and things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? And if Kahana on video saying all this stuff, some of this is probably true. And then she said off camera, like Heidi was throwing stuff and having like a temper tantrum. That's probably why they went. That's probably why production didn't even try to save Heidi when she was leaving. Mm. So we're going to get into like production and RuPaul coming in trying to save the girls from quitting. But in this particular situa- situation with Heidi, I think the reason why probably production didn't step in or like how um, Ru had talked to Adora and had Michelle come try to save Adora or whatever. I just think they was probably over Heidi at that point. Heidi had wanted to quit since episode three. And then apparently the things that she was doing off camera probably put us out a, a bad taste in RuPaul or production mouth. You know, like, girl, bye. You want to leave? Okay, good. Goodbye. Yep. Oh my! Yeah. What are your thoughts about this? Um, I definitely am on Team Kahana minus the backtrack because I personally feel like stop being afraid. There are still fans here that will root for you about you know about what's right, and I think that the problem with Drag Race now and just in social media general in gen um genuinely is that the people are always worried about what somebody else is going to say, not knowing that a lot of the times the fans, this is what we want, because this season sucks if you ask me. So Mm -hmm. all the drama is actually what's making this season, like, pop and memorable, because had none of this stuff happened, it really wouldn't be that memorable. But this drama between Heidi and Kahana is not really, like, a front-page New York Times or whatever, like... It's yeah. not as good as like when the Tanisha. girls are paying it, I believe, because they are on Heidi's side. I mean, not Heidi's side, Kahana's side. I think they're paying it. Yeah. They're, so they're silently paying it because they're on Kahana's Correct. Side. Yep. That's who. Yep. Because that's when Tamisha was going back and forth with Monet and, and stuff, that was like a, a, a big shatter in the community. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And then with this Heidi and Kahana stuff, it's kind of like, oh, it's only rev- relevant if you call it, caught it on Twitter at that time, at that specific yeah. time. People, so people were like, killed. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on from this Heidi and Kahana drama because apparently it's over and we're disappointed because we want more. So let's get into some Roscoe's or some other social media tea. So, on this week of Roscoe's yesterday, we had uh, Bibi Zahara Bonet, uh, season one winner, and then Brooklyn Heights host of Canada as the guest. Before we dig up into Bibi's ass, let's get into uh, something that I, I agree with what Bibi said during the um, the filming. So, Bibi mentioned that she has a problem with so many acting challenges on Drag Race, and drag drag has a wide spectrum of talents that need to be highlighted and she wants more of like branding challenges or or something that reflects what they do in the real world instead of like all these acting challenges and she was just like everything doesn't have to be a <laughs> kind of like um kennedy davenport said and i'm not joking bitch <laughs> <laughs> and like everything, Malaysia said, everything ain't gotta be a joke. Everything got ain't gotta be a joke. And like Malaysia said, it's not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> so I we we talked about it a little bit in our text messages. So let's bring it to the podcast. So I agree with BB. I think Drag Race has it's just too many acting improv challenges. And I know they want the girls on on the, this program to be real well rounded. But you know, let's throw some more design challenges, performance challenges, hosting challenges, acting challenges, something that 
can make the girls um well rounded kind of like what all rue has did throughout rue's career like rue has like basically did everything from nightclub television to hosting to blah 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 blah. the girls can still do that on drag race but it just seems like it's so many acting challenges during this entire season we've only had one performance challenge and one design challenge so far and the rest have been acting and we're halfway through the season like Come on, I kind of feel how Kahana felt during this episode that we're going to recap. How do you guys feel? Oh, and, and do you agree with Kahana? I um, mean, with BB? You also uh, had Bl- uh, Black Peppers back as well. Because remember, she yeah, called this out? Yeah. Let's call uh, a quick call back to Black Pepper. Black Pepper was mm-hmm. mad on, on Drag Race UK season. What was it? Four? Four. Four. Yeah, she was mad because it was a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of acting and comedy challenges. And she like, girl, I'm not funny. Mm-hmm. I performed the house down boots. Where are the performance challenges? Where are the dancing challenges? You know, give us some rusicals. Give us something where I can showcase what I do in the real world instead of girls that just sit around on a mic and pop dumb jokes that think they're funny when they're not. What crazy planet do you live on? Hmm. Well, I'm going to have to to answer your question about my opinion on that take. I'm going to have to disagree. I do believe that they, and you said it as well, need to be multi-dimensional. If you go back to RuPaul's talk show in the what, early mm-hmm. 2000s, they had skits back to back to back. Like some of the same skits that we're seeing, like they, him and Michelle were doing that crazy crap. So at the end of the day, he just wants to laugh. So I think you should know what you're signing up for. And I, I don't agree with that. I, I, I think, yeah. I, I don't mind the comedy challenges and the acting challenges and improv. I don't mind it. We balance, yes, but to completely get rid of it, no. I agree somewhat, but I'm, I mean, I'm also agree with. I'm also on the halo side of the situation because I personally feel like, like I was saying in the group chat, is that RuPaul is a well-rounded queen, and I think that a lot of these queens are not trying to go outside the box. The reason why there is a RuPaul's Drag Race is because Ru has gone outside the back box and she has presented so much for them to say like, okay, well, we're going to give you a whole show like America's Next Top Model, but just with drag queens. And if it was just solely based on um, design challenges and lip syncs and whatever the case is, it would just be a typical like American Idol slash Project Runway. I think that some of these queens... They stay stuck in, well, this is what I do, opposed to, oh, I can do more than that, or I'm going to push myself to do more than that. Because look at all these queens that's getting opportunities to do movies and TV shows. Broadway like, and stuff, yeah, but like like okay. a Jinx, Jinx yeah. don't perform, and the minute, uh, I mean, Jinx doesn't design, and we called her out because the minute it's a design challenge, she automatically has a defeatist attitude. Remember, yeah. Mauricio? But she handles it with grace compared to some people. Hmm? Yeah, I think that it should just be well-rounded. BB, you and your um, Mumu can go on. I agree what uh, BB was saying. It's just too many acting challenges for me. The scripts be horrible. I never laugh. And I just think it's just way too many. Like, I want to see a, a part of me come from the club scene. So, yes, I, I do want to see a lot of lip syncs, a lot of performances as well. And on top of that, I also do want to see uh, acting challenges and improv and roast and all of that stuff. But this season, it's too many acting challenges back to back, back to back, back to back, back to back, back to back. It's not, it's not, no, it's not a variety. And it's making me believe 
that they're pushing some queens for forward mm. and leaving other queens behind. Because if you know this mm. is not everybody's strong suit, why do you keep having these same challenges back to back, back to back? So if they would have had performance challenges, dance challenges, back to back, back to back, back to back, the front runners would not be there. The current front runners would not be there. So and there's no like lip sync for the crown because <clears throat> yeah, girls can't lip girls can't lip, lip sync their way out the bottom. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like. It, it, it can go a lot of way, but that conversation can be going on for oh, you. I'm, I'm sorry, not lip sync for the crown, lip sync La La Perusa at the end. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, yeah. So let's move on to BB Zahara's attitude because this was the big thing in the comments, comment on, on, on the video, whatever. So BB had like this grandeur attitude the entire time she was there. You could tell she don't watch Drag Race. She didn't want to answer any questions. The microphone she kept having on the stand, she wasn't picking it up. It's like, why are you there? Why are you wasting people's time? Why are you wasting the fans' time? Like, fans want to ask you personal questions. They want to get your feedback. They want your take. You was on season one. You are the first winner of Jack Race. You are legendary. Your opinion matters. And you are from, like, an original season, the first that ever did it. So, of course, you know, people want your feedback on what's going on currently in today's climate on on Drag Race. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to give no opinions. You just want to sit there and whisper to Brooke and throw slight shade to Batty and and, um, Caramel. And when they're asking you questions, you kind of like, what, what? And flipping your your nappy hair and, and... not happy. Question: do you, think if, do you think if Nasha had been there, that she could have gotten something out of BB that maybe yes. caramel? Okay. Yes, I because know. I feel like because Nasha is a real girl, they probably would have had a little bit more. Well, BB would have had a little bit more respect. Moment of respect, please. Even though she gave Batty the rundown, saying like Batty. It doesn't matter if you're a, lo- a local girl or a rural girl. Your t- that doesn't justify your talent. So that was a, a good speech that she gave Batty or whatever, a good culture moment. But at the same time, she was not paying Batty that respect. Yes. Or caring about that respect. That's why Batty so, had to keep asking her, like, you okay? Yeah, like pay these girls the respect. I mean, this is their show. Give them some if give them something for their show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep, you're you're a guest. We booked you. You're the first winner. You have a big, you know, a lot still on your shoulders. And I feel like she just is not trying to get with the times. You know, no, they're going to they're gonna meme me her ass to death. <laughs> you can tell she don't watch the show. She, like she didn't like, yeah, she hasn't watched it in years. She knows stuff through maybe social media or whatever. And Omar, do you want to touch on the little African thing that you were telling us earlier? How Africans are like sometimes they have like this thing where they think they're better than. Oh, Amer- yeah. Black Americans, because it is some Africans that don't like Black Americans, and then when they come to the U.S., of course, uh, Africans have like the reputation of being way smarter than the average uh, Black Americans or whatever. Because I went to college with a lot of Black, uh, I went to college with a lot of Africans as well, and I can vouch that they do be acting like that. So, Omar, do you want to give a quick um, rundown on that? Yes. So, um, I have been around a lot of Africans, Nigerians, um. And they're like extremely, extremely entitled. Like, I don't know if it's more so like, you know, my people have fought for you people situation, but they are extremely entitled and aggressive. Um, And when I say aggressive, it's very like, it's a whole combative spirit that they have. They're always on guard. They're always in defense. 
And even like watching BB on Roscoe's, I was just like, it's it's just a typical like African way. Um, I'm not gonna say every African is like that, but like even the Africans that I work with in my full time, like the three of them, they are like you could tell them like, hey, this this report is wrong. And it's like I I didn't do it wrong. If if you felt like it was wrong, you should have done it yourself. And it's like, girl, calm down. Like literally, it's it's ever here. Yeah, I feel like a, that's that's how a lot of uh, black non-Americans are when they come over here. They're very entitled. They're very like. I don't know different my sister family is from the caribbean and they was kind of like that too when i when i met them when i was growing up and it was it was pretty it was a, it was a different experience from my house my household and things of that nature so let's not spend too long on that topic our last topic from roscoe's batty had has kissed brooke's ass and says that brooke was robbed on her season and i just thought that was so disrespectful for evie like me and halo had mentioned earlier if evie was on the if Evie was up there, they would have been kissing her ass, saying like, yeah. "Oh, your drag is so different. You deserve you to did, win." You or did it your way, blah blah blah. Like I can hear it now. Yeah, like I just think that's so disrespectful for Evie to say that Brooke was robbed. Brooke was Brooke was not robbed. Brooklyn on her season was very. She's an introvert. She'll tell you that herself. She's very boring. She didn't say much. She, I mean, yeah, she can um, do her ballerina stuff and 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 all of that and stuff. But like Evie. Broke the mold when she came up in that season. She, you know, was there to serve alternative drag, and that's exactly what she did. And yeah, she did it very it, well. I thought it was extremely disrespectful to Evie. Um, like when you say, like we have our opinions, like whatever the case is, but for you to say that Evie was robbed, no, that's not robbed. This is not an All Stars three situation. Even if she would have said something like, you know, if I had to vote, I would have picked you. Or whatever the case is, that sounded way better than Evie was robbed. Then Brooke was robbed, you mean? I mean that Brooke was robbed, excuse me. Yeah, if she would have said, like, you were my favorite, I was rooting for you, I wanted you to be my winner, that would have been a little bit more better than you were robbed, because you were not robbed. Evie clearly won that season. Watch it back, honey. Watch it back. Halo, any opinions on that? Uh, Like I said, and this just doesn't go for Batty and Roscoe's. It goes for a lot of the drag race content creators who have the luxury of interviewing rude girls they will talk crap if they're not there but when they're present they are all of their ass like exactly. period we're and not it- like that even though when we have like our spec- our squirrel friend drew friday she's a drag artist we still like it just you know what i'm saying like if and when she gets on the show we're still we would we, we, that's just not us that whole- yeah we're gonna we're, we're- you're here to tell it like it is. We're not sugarcoating anything. We're gonna give you the raw dog truth. And if you suck, you suck. If Wait, you're ugly, you're ugly. Raw dog suck. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Go slow. Go slower. <laughs> Speaking of raw dog, let's get into this episode. So on the top of the episode, we noticed that everyone voted for James. Kahana has three bottoms and one win. James has two bottoms. What are you guys' thoughts on? Because I was shook. Mm. I was shook that Candy chose James, but I was also more shooketh. That the entire cast chose James instead of Kahana, and that was Kahana's third bottle. But everybody tried to justify this, saying, "Well, Kahana has one win." Child, please. So, what do you guys think about this? Everybody who's James, they I chose- think that James was doing something in the background, and maybe they just didn't like her. Mm-hmm. Uh, another Roscoe's callback episode two, I think. Nisha had mentioned that. James wanted to quit the first day. So I think James got a very good edit and there's something 
even outside of James, there's something going on, period, of that set. Do we agree? I believe something was happening on that set because something's going on. Every week during Roscoe's, they had one of the queens said James messed up in the back or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But she was mm-hmm. safe like every week except for that girl, except for that group challenge. So it's kind of like, what's really going on? Like, are y'all mad that Rue like, because Rue loves James. So it's kind of like, are y'all mad that Rue loves James? Y'all trying to get James about it because she's a silent threat? They they don't think she's a threat because that's what Kahana said. On and I, don't, well. I don't either. Like, what? You don't think James is a threat? In what world was James Mansell going to win this season? She could have made it to the top four. With all the mm-hmm. added challenges they have in this season, this season was made for James. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she made it further this season than she did originally. I think she should be happy, and that's all I got on it. In no world was she going to win. I would have picked her lipstick, too. Like, I, I am not. I'm not doing this. Well, I want James. I love James, and I want her back for global. Any any last opinions for you, uh, Omar? Yeah, I definitely think that they um eliminated her because they felt like she was a threat, and then they're not going to tell me anything different. I agree. I think that she was a silent threat, and the girls they can say what they want to say. I think she was a silent threat. <laughs> let's move on to a new day in the workroom, Omar. Let's take it away. What's going on on this current episode that just aired? So Rue definitely comes in and explains the maxi challenge, which is forensic queens, what had happened to Little Pound Cake. And it's an improv challenge. Well, I think we kind of covered this, but are you? I know Mauricio's opinion. But Halo, are you tired of these acting comedy challenges this season? Uh, okay, I'm putting myself in their shoes. I would prefer improv over acting. So no, I'm not tired of them. How about you, Mauricio? I am very tired of them. It, it's been like five of them. No, ma'am. Where's the performance? Where's the other, uh, uh, other drag elements that I can see, other talents that the girls can express besides reading the script or acting act or improv? Like, what? I want to see yeah. something else. If this particular Maxi Challenge was bad, I'd have been like, get rid of it. Like, just get rid of it. But because I enjoyed this challenge so much, I mean, I'm still a little tired. But I enjoyed this one. Right. Um, how do you feel about them saying that these challenges are to place Jimbo in the top? Like, they're just made for him. I honestly, I think this is the All-Stars 5 situation. The push, like, how they, how the All-Stars 5 is, like, pushing Shay forward. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of like uh, All-Star 7 when <laughs> they she had one star the entire season. And then all of a sudden, at the end, she got into the uh, finale. So it's kind of like, you know, I kind of feel like the season was made for that. I feel like when it was casting the girls, they were making they were making sure that they had certain challenges in place for comedy acting girls to proceed. Alexis, James, Jimbo. Who else is a comedy girl? Darian. Darian, uh, but she got out early. Kasha, but she got out early because both of their runways was kind of chopped. So, you know, the performance girls hasn't really done it. A lot. Jessica is only getting by because she funny regardless of whatever she's going to do because you can barely understand anything she's saying. <laughs> so that's my take on it. Um, yeah, I don't know. At the end of the day, I just feel like if you're a bad, 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 bad B-I-T-C-H, then you can do whatever. But do I think that they kind of like forming it? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit, but Jimbo's that girl this season. Jimbo is that girl this season. This season was made for Jimbo, Un- unlike uh, UK versus the world. 
Ooh, we don't talk about that. That's a shoddy situation. <laughs> this is legit her second time. So speaking of shoddy situations, Candy and Alexis bump heads, don't they, Omar? Absolutely. Ooh. So, <laughs> so Candy and Alexis, they are now, you know, they're giving out the rose. And Alexis decides to give Candy her well, no, she gave Lala her robe. And Candy was basically given, okay, but Alexis kind of wanted Candy's role too, and Candy was given like, no, I'm not, I'm not giving, I'm not giving mine. Uh, that's just not happening. And Alexis felt the type of way because she felt like, you know, I was being a good Samaritan and I gave Lala my role, so why do you get to, you know, keep yours? And Candy was given, no, ma'am, I didn't say I was keeping it. I was saying this is what I want, but now I'm saying this is mine. And Alexis went into her you know, Emmy award-winning performance that she normally does. And Candy was given, well, who died? Right. Candy stormed off to us. I can't. I can't with the dramatics. I can't. Because I would have been given. That's y'all with me. Right. I can't with the dramatics. I can't. What I will say, because I didn't really get into season nine. So at first I'm like, is Alexis just playing up a stick but I think this is really her. You you know what I'm saying? I think this is really her. What happened, what got me was the passive aggressiveness saying, oh, you could do so much with this role and they're similar, so you should take it. That's when I would have been like, oh, no. Like, well, you take it. Like Candy said, that's what she effed up to me. Like, saying they're the same thing. Like, the role of the district attorney, and I forgot the other one. But why say that they're the same role, but you want this? Like, no. That was very passive aggressive. And... The crying part, I mean, she won an Emmy, so sure. I wasn't mad at it. It's, yeah, it was- it's, I don't know. I, I, it's too Broadway for me. It's too, it's too theater for me. Like Alexis, I still don't know who you are. All I see Hello. is this Broadway theater person. You did the same thing on season nine. Now you're doing the same thing to All Star Eight. Like, come on, girl. That's why I think this is her. Like, this is. But she's this, putting this on so much. Like, it's just like, girl stop like we are sisters i love you guys like it, it, anything that she sits in and talking about i should say i enjoy this moment with you guys this is my best experience girl the experience is i want that 200k right where's the cutthroat stuff like you trying to be i mean I, look if she positive she positive if she all like oh i love my sisters we're dragging da, 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 that might be her as well but at the same time this is competition where is you want to knock these b-i-t-c-h's out i got a trick of my that's why Where is Candy that at? Gave, Candy gave girl. I came here for me. I came here winning two hundred k. I'm not here for all of that. Exactly. And Candy is not even my favorite, but in that moment, I felt like girl, Candy, you you are speaking my language. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Speaking so, of us saying that, you know what's going on behind the scenes, Omar, who child. said that they want to pack they Shiba Shere luggage and leave? <laughs> Child, the Shiba Sheree luggage is they are out of stock because the girls want to pack it up and leave. Kahana now is giving Kahana is sick of the acting challenges. She's giving y'all are setting me up. I'm ready yes, to go. Yes, ma'am. I'm done. Like another <laughs> acting challenge? No, I'm not excited for it. Gone on. She's giving what is going on? And what is just, going on? She's just not happy about it. So Big Mama Wu comes in. And she lets the girls have it. And she lets them know, don't let your feelings sabotage your experience in this life. 
and do not allow the little things to derail your bigger picture. Oh yeah, I'm feeling some kind of way, but I'm gonna do this thing because I'm a professional. Yeah. I'm a professional. Don't let your feelings sabotage your experience in this life. Do not. What do you guys feel about Mama Wu coming in? Well, having to come in at her air-conditioned dressing room. Because that air was on. Okay. You know, Mama don't sweat or nothing. And her um, Tom Brown suit and gave, uh-uh, enough is enough. How can I go first? Enough? Yes. I thought, Rue was like, oh, no. Y'all got me, I'm going to cuss on here, fucked up. And I, oh. <laughs> like, they got her off her lunch break. You know, in her seafood tower, listening to Joan Jett in the back. And as soon as she opened that door, I saw it on her face. And I've been waiting for her to rage out because I feel like she really rages on, like, the UK girls. I feel like she's a little scared to do it for the American girls because got to worry about going viral on, like, the shade room and all that, blah, blah, blah. Baby, she came in there, ladies, we're going to have to talk. Mama is here to straighten, straighten it out. And she went to church. She preached to them. And I feel everything that she said, like, this is the biggest stage you'll ever go on. I wish you would have said, Kahana, you going to leave and, and then what? Where are you about to go now? To Roscoe's? You know what I'm saying? Like, girl, snap out of it. But, uh, but I'm also talking to myself, uh, listeners, but because I'll get in that mode. But I felt that I wish uh, Heidi had mentioned that she wished that she did that to her or alluded to that. This is I think that inspired that. So, you know, no. I, don't I think agree. it inspired it. I agree with what Rue said. And yeah, like snap out of it. Marisa, how you feel? I agree with Rue said. I think it was the, a teaching moment for the girls. But Rue should have been doing this from the beginning. And maybe other girls, when they get out the show, they wouldn't feel some type of way. Rue needs a deeper connection with his, with her contestants. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I hate to compare the show to Dragler, but the Dragler host really have a deep connection with their contestants. They text them, they call them. After the show, they make sure everything is going going on good with them. They keep in touch with them. They follow them on social media. They comment on their posts and stuff. Of course, Rue is like Mama Rue, so grand and some diva, Mariah Carey of it all. But at the same time, Rue, if you want to have a... You can't have a successful show unless you have contestants. If all your contestants want to storm out, Something's going on. Maybe you yes. should sit down with your producers or w- writing team and figure out what y'all are doing wrong to make me make these contestants want to quit because yep. it's been t- too many girls quitting. Now you got girls from the UK quitting. Now you got girls in the US quitting. So it's kind of like y'all need to analyze what y'all got going on behind the scenes. It's not always the contestants. Oh, they're 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 in their feelings or or they're emotional. It's not always about. The girls like y'all need to, y'all need to start reevaluating how y'all doing the damn competition and how y'all treating the, these contestants. Because if fifty contestants keep saying we're not treated good or it's something shady going on, maybe it's some truth to that. And world around y'all need to start evaluating what y'all got going on. And maybe Mama Wu needs to step in more and stop letting production take over everything because at the end of the day you are the queen of drag you are the mother of this whole thing and 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 without your name this thing cannot happen so you should step in a little bit more and be giving like even if she's giving like girl you're doing too much let us see you more I, I i enjoyed her it gave me like the first seasons when she was coming in and talking to people and stuff like that yes i i i felt like it was more real that was real very real yeah. yeah, because I feel like 
everybody wants to go. Well, I'm not saying everybody. Well, majority of the queens want to go on the show and meet RuPaul. That's their idol. Blah, blah, blah. Idolize. Oh, that's Mama Ru. And if they never see you or never have a conversation with you, then it's like, what's the point of me being here? Exactly. Like, I came to the show to see my idol. I can't, like, that's like me going on tour with Beyonce and never seeing Beyonce. Like, where's Beyonce? Exactly. <laughs> where's she at? <laughs> she not coming to talk to me. She not walking Where around. are you at? <laughs> you know it's something like that like Rue needs to start being a little bit more personable with the contestants and learning their names how about that <laughs> I know Rue got a lot of things going on she hosting UK hosting down under hosting U- U- uh, US and doing all these all stars but at the same time girl learn your contestants so with all of that do y'all feel like Rue should have stepped in for Heidi no me too. Because Heidi's been a diva. She was doing things off camera, and I probably think that's why production let her go so easy. And if, no you pay, too, yeah. if you pay attention to when Rue announced that Heidi wasn't coming, it was given, yeah, Heidi's not going to be here, and she won't be in, um, competing in the Hall of Fame. Next. Yeah, it was given Jenny Lemon. When she was like, Jenny Lemon, she already, she already had hers, like, and she ain't coming back Jenny, up in here. Jenny ain't coming up here because Jenny already had hers. <laughs> right, so it, it was given that. So Heidi had tweeted on Twitter. She was like, seeing RuPaul talk to girls was nice. And then somebody tweeted, like, shade or whatever. And then Heidi was like, it wasn't shade. I'm genuinely happy uh, that she did that. I would have loved if she talked to me. But seeing her doing it was great. So RuPaul probably got a whiff of, quote, unquote, the things that she was doing off camera. And they was probably over it. Like, like girl, this is not Miss Congeniality. Like, <laughs> she got to go. She yeah. sure does, but what does not have to go is the the challenge. I actually enjoyed it. Did you, Omar? Based on Sherry Coleman's confession, investigators recreated a timeline that told the story of what had happened to Little Pound Cake. I freaking loved this. I was. This is the first time I think this season that I actually was like really like laughing like and i watched it everybody give my kudos i watched it super early you did before you went to the back before you went to the bathhouse uh-huh uh-huh and normally i always gotta be like y'all gotta catch it i I always try to watch it like right before the podcast but i was the first one to write something in the group chat i was so pressed because i knew that when i woke up i was like oh i'm about to watch it i got time and i was like watch these queens being here talking about it already but they was not it was me (laughs) <laughs> but I definitely enjoyed it. Jessica Wilde had me dying laughing. She found her ETB card. ETB card. Oh my uh-huh. <laughs> It was the guacamole. Like it was just how serious her face was because that right. I watched a lot of forensic science uh, documentaries and stuff like that, and that's exactly how they be about the little, like the smallest stuff. They be so serious. They be like, yeah, she had a comb. And she loved that comb. <laughs> like, they, they be like that. That's <laughs> good. Nailed it. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I love this challenge as well. When I was in high school, I wanted to be a forensicist. But when I went to FAMU, they didn't have that program. So I had to derail my high school goals. But overall, I think this challenge is a very good challenge. Probably one of the best challenges of the season. Yep. I, honestly, every, to me, everybody did good yeah. it was no like horrible horrible girls but my standouts was of course lala Ree and jessica wild lala Ree was so effing funny i felt like i knew that security guard like i i knew 
I knew ghetto security guards <laughs> like Lala, like La Larry was portraying. I know those guards. It kind of remind me of what's that girl that played on um Scream Queens, the black girl, the black lady, Nisi Na- Nash. It was given that. It was given Nisi Nash as the uh, security from Screen Queens. Yeah, it was very given that. But Lala said that's her auntie or whatever. Lala Wari was so funny. Jessica was funny. Um, Kahana was okay. But what I didn't like was kind of like Jimbo. Jimbo wasn't bad, but I have a thing where girl, I have a thing where people be sniffing and smelling stuff. It irritates me. Like she kept sticking her finger out and saying, "Ooh, smell my finger and stuff." Like that. That's disgusting. I don't like it. It's it's the OCD in me. It's the neat freak in me. I don't like that. It was the it was very disgusting. Sticking your finger in people's face and having to sniff it. Like no, ma'am, that's nasty. Don't put those nuts in my face. Right, literally, candy was literally candy was just candy. Yeah, she. Um, who else was in the challenge? Candy was just candy. Alexis. Alexis. I loved her bob. I will say I love that bob. And the bob was bobbing. When she first got introduced, she was walking down the hallway with a toilet paper stuck on her heel. I thought it was pretty. Funny as she tripped. I thought it was pretty funny, but after that, it went nowhere. She was too serious. That security guard, she thought getting a job on set of Drag Race was going to be her way into the business. Yeah, Alexis nailed it, though. She was, she, she didn't make them laugh, but she, like they said, she was very believable because that's how the detectives and stuff like that, they really mm-hmm. be like that on the mm-hmm. show. They really yeah. be like that. Yeah, she could she could be like on a special for real, a forensic science special sp- uh, spoof or whatever. She checked the mark, but it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like <laughs> oh, knee slapper like Jessica Wild, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but yeah, the challenge was amazing. It was like comparable to the Brew Live, like the SNL parody. Like I don't know what production you know squad is on this, but keep this up because this was great. Okay, well, before we move on, what did y'all think about um, RuPaul on the main stage <laughs> up, in, up in the La La Ree outfit and then beating up Little Miss Pound Cake and then the twerk, the little dance uh, RuPaul was doing? I was like, where is this energy when you perform your own numbers? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> did that I thought it was so funny. To, uh, Buck with the yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. So she, she did the old school version of it. But at mm-hmm. first, I thought it was Lala, and then I looked. I said, "That is Wu." And me and Marisha just uh, figured something out, or at least I helped him figure something out. So at first, I couldn't figure out why Wu was actually on stage acting. But when you watch forensic science, like movies and documentaries and stuff like that, they never have the actual person that's like being charged and stuff like. Or they don't actually have the real people acting. It's it's actors. So Wu was actually playing like one of the actors. It's a reenactment. Yes. So yes. that's why I be so afraid of like unsolved mysteries because they reenact it. I love true crime. I'm either watching Drag Race, True Crime, or Vanderpump Rules. You know. Uh, oh, show sure. maybe. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So it was a reenactment, but it was. Epic. That 27 piece, the bucking, more of that mama. And she wore that wig. <laughs> yes, she wore that wig. What do you guys think about them keep talking about Little Miss Pound Cake, though? I love it. I like Little Miss Pound Cake. <laughs> is she that iconic that the show is making? Like, is she really that iconic? I feel like she's up there with, like, an Ornacia, no? I think... Yeah, I think Ornacia is a little bit more iconic than her. But I think the reason why she's a little bit more iconic is because Alaska redid the look. 
she came dressed as Little Miss Pound Cake on All Stars 2. So they was like, oh, it's Little Miss Pound Cake. So then it kind of took off from there. Do you want to slice uh, her pound cake? Mm, No, I'm good. I I think you do? Ooh, well, <laughs> we're about to go on break and arrange that. While we do that, listen to a message from our sponsors over at Spotify. Spotify. Welcome back to the main stage of the How's Your Head Child podcast. You're listening to the sounds of Halo, Mauricio, and Omar. We are recapping the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 8, episode 7, I believe. And Visage, oh, I'm sorry, Omar and Visage just walked us through the challenge, some Roscoe's recap, all that good stuff. But now I'm going to walk you through, oh, cussing, I'm going to walk you upstanding citizens through the runway. Mauricio, is it fashion? But is it fashion? Is it fashion? Is it fashion, darling? Well, let's find <laughs> out, team. So the category is Little Miss Fill in the Blank. Okay, y'all remember that meme that went viral last year around this time in the summer when they uh, filmed this? And they took advantage of it. So let's go. The first one down the runway is Lala Ree. She's Little Miss Bootlegger. I'm going to start off and I am going to swallow this look. Mm. Uh, th- the character is fully realized. We know that girl. I need to get her number to see if she selling food stamps. Holla mm-hmm. at me, uh, young lady. And uh, I love her being fully realized. I wish she would have took advantage of redoing her bag look or something like Little Miss and got it in the bag, something like that. But still, right. this look, I love it. Mauricio, we'll see you. I'm gonna give her a soft spit. I I know this girl. I know this this person who be outside the barbershops um selling ghetto. Uh, raggedy uh, bootleg CDs and stuff, but the bodysuit it just wasn't all the way giving me that girl. I mean, I know she had to be like some type of pageant version of it, but underneath all of that, it's just I don't know. It's not giving. Spit. It is a soft spit, close to a hard spit, because I feel like had Lala runways been wowing me. I would have given given this a swallow because I'd have been like, oh, okay, she's playing a character. But because her runways have been very trash to me, I feel like there was no thought. Now, when Brooklyn was on Roscoe's, she said what I said when I watched this, when she said Miss Bootlegger. If she would have came out in, like, an overcoat with, like, all the chains and stuff inside the coat mm-hmm. and the watches, like, bootleggers be, mm-hmm. then that would have been over. But I just feel like it wasn't dragging up. It was very American Apparel. Yeah, she put the weave on the stuff, but it was just like, yeah, she sold it. But it just wasn't giving what it, it's a spit, actually. I'm gonna spit it. Yeah. All right. Well, next up is Candy, and she wow. is Miss Arrogance, which is a play on her infamous fight with Tamisha Iman Diamond on season uh, 13. Tamisha Iman um, Diamond. Is it? Is that not her last name? Tamisha Iman? It's just Tamisha Iman. You oh. mix the hell with Mercedes Iman Diamond. <laughs> Tamisha, don't read me on Tuesday. <laughs> but the way I am going to read you all on Tuesday. Uh, for this look, I'm going to spit it. I get the reference, but it wasn't it wasn't given to me. Yeah, I like the one that she made with the bags better than this one that she got made. Um, what say you, Omar? 
It's a spit. Um, I do love the hair. I love the crowns in the head. I'm actually going to do these for my kids for a show. But um, I'm so tired of her showing these legs. Right. Like, I want this silhouette. Like, this whole thing. When I even saw it on a mannequin, I was like, girl, what is that? This is so dumb. Bitch. What was this? And then this color is the same exact color as the bags that she made. This was just stupid. It wasn't good. Mauricio, I'm gonna swallow her from the waist up. The makeup is, of course, is good. The the hair is good, but of course, what Omar said, I'm tired of this same silhouette. So she's gonna soft swallow. Next up, we got Jessica Wilde, who is Mrs. Sausage Party. I'm going to swallow this look. Very campy. The wig is a tad suspicious, but I'm in a good mood. My dosages are just right. So yeah, I'm not going to read her. And I would love that big hot dog that she's holding. Mm. I she Flashbacks. Omar, what you think? Spit. Marisa? Spit. All right. Next up, Mrs. Manpig. <laughs> Alexis <laughs> Michelle, I'm going to I'm going to facial this. This was very kicky, very funny. <laughs> Come inside. I've said that before. I love <laughs> I love Come on, Josh Rapp. <laughs> right? I have no nose. <laughs> yeah, this is this was funny AF. Like mission accomplished. Mauricio? I'm not gonna facial it, but I am gonna swallow it. She looked this so beautiful from, from the neck up. Like, oh my god, she was gorgeous. Love this kind of this color hair on her. The makeup was good. Everything was right. And I like the the gown is okay. It, it jock, the jock strap twist on it was pretty uh creative as well. So swallow. Omar, I want a real answer. I'm going to give a hard swallow. This was going to be a facial, but when I watched it the second time, I actually wished that the gown was more like jock strap, like that material of like how the top is. If it would have like wrapped like a Hervé dress, I don't know if y'all know what a Hervé dress is, it would have really sealed the deal for me. But her hair, her makeup, the crown was beautiful. She almost got a facial for me. Hard swallow. All right. I have a feeling this next queen, we may be all on the same page, are we? I'm on. I'm on. You already know what page I'm on. It starts with F. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Let's say it on the count of three. One, two, three. Facial. Gorgeous. And listeners, to paint a picture, we just gave Kahana Montrese a facial. She is Little Miss Tired Ass Showgirl. Baby. (laughs) No notes. She's wearing this emerald Beautiful. green with this gold face is painted. Love the hair. I mean, this is excellence. I did not agree with the judges when they said that the sash was misplaced. I feel like they have been calling her Miss Tired Ass Showgirl and her look's been eaten. So I feel like she was given like, this is the title that I give me, but this is what I look like. This is what a Tired Ass... If this is what a Tired Ass Showgirl looks like, then Hey, I wear the the crown proudly. That's what I got from it. All right. Love it. Love Kahana. And I DM'd her on Twitter. Yes, you did. Listen, you sneaky fucking bitch. <laughs> More on that at 11. Last queen up is Jimbo. And she is Miss Tits McGee. I'm going to swallow this look. She said this is her biggest breastplate. I can tell uh, the gown. Mm. Yeah, swallow. No notes. Yeah, swallow for me. I mean, the the main thing I see is from the tits up. Like, 
Dane, those things are huge. It's giving me Coco Kane on Dracula. She also wears tits like this as well. But I want to, I'm swallowing this because Jimmer from the neck up looks absolutely beautiful. I just want to, if, if listeners, if y'all watch Canada season one and then look at Jimbo face now, it's a complete 180. And I just have to give Jimbo that respect. She went from raggedy makeup clown to beautiful glam. Like, who does that? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh my God. Like, yeah, she paid attention to the critiques, to the comments. She she started touring with other girls, and she was like, you know, I'm going to take a page out of everybody's book. Yes, I'm a clown. Yes, I went to clown school, but I could also be glamour, and I could also be pageant. Pageant E. Uh, however the word go. She's bad at her job. <laughs> pageant. Omar, any notes? This is the facial. Okay. Look at us. Why I facial is because Jimbo, look at Jimbo's hair. Quaffed. It is styled, <laughs> pinned. Jimbo is sitting. <laughs> that the cheekbones, Jimbo. No, ma'am. The way and 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 those those breastplates could have went really, really, really bad. Jimbo is that girl. Give that girl that crown. Yep. I mean, literally. Give it to her. You know. I'm about to. We're about to take a break, and we're gonna write RuPaul right now and tell her to give Jimbo the crown. <laughs> While we do that, listen to some of the sponsors over at Spotify. Be right back. Welcome back to the How's Your Head Y'all podcast with Halo, Mauricio, and Omar. We are recapping RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 8, Episode 7. And it's time to bring back my All-Stars. So, the top queen of the week is Lala Ree. Well done, mama. <laughs> and the bottom queens are Kahana and Alexis. Very quickly, Mauricio, do you agree? I would not put Kahana down now. Actually, I would have swapped her out for Jimbo. Same, Omar. I agree. Look at us on the same page. So, with that top being Lala, which is her first win, she is going to face off against season 14's lip sync assassin, Georges. They lip sync for their legacy to It's About Damn Time by Lizzo. What do y'all think about the lip sync, Omar? Meh. You are lower than the lowest of low people oh meh mauricio yeah it was giving meh at first and then i rewatched it a second time to see if i could get my spirits up it was still giving meh i was like did you you sniff some poppers before you watched it the second time no i didn't sorry it wasn't worth it okay i enjoyed the song the lip sync i feel like georgia's held back she looked great if i feel like lala i don't know was she nervous like what was going on and also Mary, if I see this outfit, Ciao. y'all know Lalari is a resourceful queen. She's gonna re- she's gonna recycle. I don't think that she necessarily tried to hold back. I think that because George is definitely held back. George, I don't know what George was doing. Besides, that, no, I yeah. I didn't say uh, George is held back. I feel like Lala. I'm like, is she nervous? Like, I know, I just felt like Lala felt like girl. I don't have to give too much because she's not doing anything. I think Lala didn't go full out because she's not going home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, she's and, not going home. 
And she didn't like the song, Mauricio? <laughs> the song choice is a vibe song. It's like at a skating ring. It's like a song you put on a skating ring. You know, just vibe around a um, skating ring. It's about damn time in a minute. Da, 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 da. It's not like a like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Bow, ha, ho, uh, uh, uh. It ain't none of that. Right. It could like be that. that. She was doing when she was walking across. Yes. In a minute, I Feel like it. that. I was yeah. like, okay, here we go. Here we go. And then she just dropped the ball after that. That yeah. split at the end was very suspicious. It was it very was suspicious. Cool. I was like, bitch, she she could she could have get up. That's me when I do a split. Like one shuffle, some down there, I'm down there. But Georgia Georgia did a good dip. Was that a dip? Am I correct? Was I, Omar, was it was that it good? Was a, that was a nasty dip. She All had right. swung that hair around and said bloop. <laughs> well done, mama. I don't think it was necessary though. <laughs> Lip sync. Winner is Lala Ree. She wins ten a ten thousand dollar tip plus the five k from winning the challenge. Do we agree, y'all? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's like sure. And she pulls her lipstick out and she sends she sends home Kahana Montres back to Vegas. She goes. I think she made the right choice. I hope it doesn't bite her in the butt because I don't know what's next week is. Design challenge. Can Alexis so? No, she. I think she went home. Her um, sewing challenge on season nine. Yeah, what, she lip sync against peppermint. I don't trust Alexis. That's the only thing. Macho, I probably macho man. she yeah, made the right man. choice with, as far as her kept bottoming, but I don't trust Alexis. So I probably still would have kept Kahana because it's like, girl, we can, we can get rid of you whenever. But I get it. Do y'all right. agree with the choice? I was kind of gagged that they um sent home Kahana because I don't know why, for, but some somewhere in my delusional spirit, I thought Kahana was top four. So I kept mm-hmm. thinking, I kept telling myself this whole entire run, Kahana top four, Kahana top four, Kahana top four. So I thought they were going to get rid of Alexis behind and keep Kahana. They were going to do Roxy Andrews, Kahana all the way to the top four, but child, everybody voted for Kahana. I was like, oh my God, guess she got, mm-hmm. guess she really up out of there. It was a fourth time in the bottom, so hey. Omar? Yeah, I definitely I knew how close Lala and Kana was, so I didn't think that she was going to send her home. But I was just I felt like Lala because especially what Lala was saying, I'm gonna send home whoever I want to send home. So I guess she felt like Kana, you gotta go, baby. Is that a Virgo me- mentality, uh, Mauricio? I don't know. I would have sent Alexis home. Yeah, me too. Because Alexis uh, is a potential threat. Even though Alexis had haven't won anything, I don't care. I need her out of here. <laughs> right. You clearly know that Kahana can't act. Right. I know Kahana can't act, and Kahana been in the bottom four times. She ain't winning the crown. I'm going to take her all the way to the top four. Exactly. And then, bye-bye, the Uber's outside. Right. So, we, Kahana, you had a great run. You made it very far compared to your first season. All I got to say is don't let the trolls get to you and continue to work the world. Maybe you'll go to Norway. I don't know. Oh, my God. Keep, keep your hands off, Heidi. <laughs> and, yeah, shout out to you. <laughs> so next week is a design challenge. So let's see how that goes. It'll be based on previous winners. So I'm excited about that. Mm. Um, before Omar takes us to his fame creative control room, I got a quick question. Mauricio, who's winning the crown? I want to say Jimbo, but at the same time, Jessica Wild is kind of creeping up there for me. And what about Jimbo, Games Jimbo, for you? Jimbo so better far. watch out. So far, well, now Kahana is in the Fame Games. I want to say Kahana might win, but at the same time, the fans 
might not like her enough to vote for her. So, mm, honestly, I don't know because everybody looks has been horrible. But to me, Darian Lake has been out of everybody else. I will give it to Darian. Let's guess because she's stepping out of her box. Yes, she is. And her last runway was was good. This recent one for this challenge. It was good. Omar, who's taking home the All-Star 8 crown? Jimbo or Jessica? For me, it's Um, Jimbo. But if Jessica win, I wouldn't be upset. For me, it is Jimbo or Candy. And for the fame games, uh, yeah, Candy. Fame games, I'm going to give it to down the Kahana's there. I'm going to give it to her. And I didn't even even see the look. And I already know, like, but that's how you, you, you but do you think, but do you think the fans are going to vote for her? No, they're not. I don't. Oh, I don't know. Monica Beverly Hills. Oh, oh, girl. Because she, I think with the other rule girls saying that that because uh, you know the fans be listening to other girl podcasts and stuff, and if all the rule girls are saying like Kahana just pulling the one stop shop and just keep doing his Vegas stuff, the girls are not gonna vote for her. The fans are not gonna vote for her, even though her looks are the best. They're not gonna vote for her because they think she's one dimensional. Well, without we haven't seen her yet, so the contestants that are in the Fame Games as of now, I would say Darian. Then I want Kahana to win the Fame Games. She deserve a crown because she she yeah, did the damn thing this season with her looks. Show did. I mean, I would say best package. Mm-hmm. And I talk about your package, Omar. <laughs> hmm. So, listeners, we're here every Monday recapping RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars Eight. I think we got five episodes left. So, yeah, halfway through the season. Here we go, Omar. Let us in your room. Is the door unlocked? The door is unlocked. So. In my creative control room, we're definitely going to talk about the Renaissance World Tour, World Tour, the European leg. What are you guys, I'm going to say mine's last, but what are you guys' opinions about the videos that you guys have seen, all the Blue Ivy uh, banter and, and, and what it was, slander? How do you guys feel about it? I honestly haven't seen any Blue Ivy, Ivy slander like that. I seen her first video when she was dancing, and to me, it wasn't given. You know, she was just up there. But then the second video I seen, I was like, oh, she really you know pumping out the choreography. She like she got a feel for it now. She's a little bit more comfortable. And then all the comments kept saying, Blue Ivy showed y'all she did this, she did that, she proved y'all wrong. So I'm like, what were the people really saying about Blue Ivy? Because I, I I didn't I didn't really um catch in the comments. I didn't really be in the uh, comment section like that but uh the renaissance war tour the european leg i'm kind of like okay i want to see what she's what she's going to do in america because right now the european tour is giving me what i need i should say i'm I'm gonna echo that with the european it's the fans i would say because like when she does like that heated chance i need the stadium on fire Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? The mm-hmm. drinking my water, minding my biz. Monday, I'm overrated. Tuesday, on my hit it yeah. in the Uncle Johnny. Like, I know when she come home, baby, it's gonna be on fire. But what I've seen so far, I've been enjoying it. Looks like she's having fun. I love how she starts off with ballads and then, you know, she eases her way into the house, you know, the Renaissance stuff, which 
is appropriate. I saw people talking chatter about, you know, talking crap about that, but clearly they don't know their history because Don and Summer, all of them will have a long, drawn out ballad intro and then hit it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, and also she's getting older. And so I don't like people saying, like, oh, you know, she's not moving, blah, blah, blah. Shut up. She's the queen. She's fine. She looks good. I love seeing Blue Ivy out there and I'm ready for her to come to America. And I love the Renaissance album. And shout out to our listeners because that's one of our, I think that's in the top five for one of our most successful uh, episodes. Let's recap that. Oh, the Renaissance So if y'all want us to recap more like albums, leave us a comment and let us know. Yeah, I could have swore you didn't want to do that. Oh, did I? Oh, I didn't? (laughs) I think it was my idea to recap the unit. Uh, Ladies, Renaissance. we're going to have to talk. <laughs> right. We're going to have to talk later. <laughs> what are your, what are your comments, Omar? Um, I'm just excited for her to come to America because um, I seen her in Paris, and she definitely did really, really good. But when I started seeing the clips of her in America, I was giving, hold on, you didn't do that in Paris. <laughs> And I definitely think that she's going to bring it when she comes to America. And a part of me still feels like this is Beyonce's last tour. Mm. Maybe it's her leg surgery. Because she got Renaissance, she got Renaissance then, 2 and 3 that she's supposed to be coming out with as well. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting about that because she ain't come out with the visuals. Yeah, so but, she still um, got 2 and 3 to come out. Yeah, I'm excited about the Renaissance. Um, I still haven't got my ticket, but trust me, y'all going to see me at that concert. Yeah, I'm not buying it because you know what? <laughs> if she's not coming to El Paso, Texas, then I ain't going. <laughs> I've seen her three times. I saw On the Run one and two, and then Formation, and it was a great experience. Like I loved it. I will be seeing this tour as well. I love the Renaissance album, Suburb Renaissance, and America Has a Problem has like consumed my life. I love those songs. So yeah, it's, it's all about Virgo for me. Ooh, Virgo, I barely even know her. Virgo groove heated. Yes. Plastic off the sofa is still my number three, number one, two, mm-hmm. three. It's Alien Superstar, Virgo's groove, and uh, heated. Uh, heated. Love heated. Yes. Well, we had fun, listeners. We hope you did as well. Like I said, we're here every. Bu- uh, excuse me, I need I need a vowel halo. We're here every Monday recapping Drag Race and halfway through the season. So you can like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Omar, where can they find you at online? They can find me on Instagram and Twitter at O Zero O M A R four one five. And Mauricio, what about you? You can find me on Maurice. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mauricio Dudon and on Instagram at Mauricio dot and you can find me on Twitter at Halo's new page and Instagram at Halo Carter. I'm signing off, and this is Little Miss. Can I have a Cavassier straight up and a tranny chaser? <laughs> <laughs> I'm signing off, and this is Little Miss. Squeeze my tiny ass up in this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm signing off, and this is Little Miss Bougie Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Little Miss, I'm in a car headed to the. Where you where are you headed to? You know, Iceland with Razor. The next spot. No, Razor. Razor's upset at me because I spilled a drink on her dress twice. Ashley Ship. Ain't, ain't that your friend? <laughs> <laughs> ain't that your friend? I cannot. 
<laughs> Listeners, hope you had a good time. So we're signing off. Bye. Can I get an amen up in here? Yeah. All right, now let the music play.